This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's check in with Sylvie Fiquette, a content development specialist for AMI in Pacific Canada, more specifically Vancouver. Hey, good morning, Sylvie. Here. Sylvie, I know there's some uh, rain headed your way, so I hope everybody's hunkering down and trying to stay safe. We are, Dave. You know, it's really bizarre from drought to atmospheric river to snow next week. So very bizarre. November in Vancouver through and through. Well, maybe not the drought part. Maybe not the drought part, but definitely the uh, the river part. Well, we hope everybody's staying safe because we know last year's atmospheric river caused a lot of trouble for folks. So hopefully it's uh, not as bad as last year, but uh, definitely folks on high alert to that issue coming out. That statement issued by Environment Canada earlier today. Sylvie, let's uh, jump over to a story that's becoming all too common when it comes to air travel and people who use wheelchairs. This is a story about Shane DeWild, a para-athlete who was removed from a WestJet flight due to problems with this power wheelchair. So Sylvie, fill us in on what happened with this incident. Yeah, Dave, this is so unfortunate. Shane DeWild, he's a para-athlete who competes in the adaptive sport power soccer And um, he's frequently traveled by air over the past six years. And last week, Shane was traveling from Vancouver on a WestJet flight to Calgary when airline staff approached him after he had already boarded the flight, that there was a problem loading his electric wheelchair into the cargo hold. DeWild, who's an IT assistant from North Vancouver, he has cerebral palsy and says he's never encountered anything like what happened on this flight with trying to secure his wheelchair in the cargo hold of a plane. Uh, The WestJet spokesperson stated the chair was too tall to wheel into the cargo hold upright and that the ground crew had flipped it on its side, causing lights to activate on the back of his chair. Due to the issue, the aircraft was unable to depart because of the unintentional power activation of of the wheelchair in the belly of the aircraft. What has WestJet said in response to this situation? Well, the way WestJet tried to remedy this was that they actually approached DeWild on the flight and asked him how the uh, batteries could be disconnected from his wheelchair and that in turn had him contacting the medical equipment company for his wheelchair. He had to pass the phone to the ground crew to try to figure out a solution, which they were unable to do. And then after an hour of trying to rectify this, WestJet made the decision to offload both the wheelchair and Shane from the flight, which was just ridiculous. What has Shane DeWild had to say about this situation? Well, he said that, you know, being removed from the plane in front of other passengers because his wheelchair could not be safely stored in the cargo hold was very humiliating and really demeaning. He felt like he was being treated like a second-class citizen in his own country and just was so bewildered how something like this can still happen in 2022. He 
he says it's important to bring this to light and to help these airlines and people to be more aware. He wants airlines to ensure that all staff and contractors know how to properly handle wheelchairs and that that embarrassing situation won't happen again to anyone. And he plans on flying. He Again, he's, he's an athlete and he has to fly yeah. to compete in his sport. In this, this is something that is happening all too often. We we pretty much share a story once a week inside Canada, or at least at the very least North America, of a wheelchair being damaged by airline crews. And to a certain degree, when it happens over and over and over and over again, that's no longer, oh, an honest mistake. Oh, we didn't have adequate training. That's willful ignorance. It's total willful ignorance by the airlines that it's happening over and over and over and over again. So I'm curious, in Shane's case, you mentioned that he still wants to fly. He still wants to compete. Did he ever make it to Calgary for for why he was headed there? Yes. So actually, uh, Air Canada stepped up and was able to fly DeWild to Calgary later that same day. That airline's ground crew knew not to tip the wheelchair over when it was being loaded into the plane and remove the headrest to ensure it went in upright. So pretty basic things there with the ground crew thinking, okay, what can we do to get this in properly? They knew, Air Canada knew, and you know, WestJet said it will take steps to make sure this mistake never happens again. But unfortunately, it's just left such a bad taste in people's mouths out there that, you know, Shane says some of his friends are really um, leery about wanting to travel by air because of what's been happening with the airlines. Yeah, whether it be lost, whether it be lost wheelchairs, damaged wheelchairs, this situation where there's just complete ignorance on how to deal with the wheelchair, and yet somehow another ground crew was able to figure it out almost instantaneously. It's almost like this is purely the basics of handling people's accessibility equipment. Just last week, we were talking to an entrepreneur, uh, the founder of uh, A to Z, which is a company that's developing uh, uh, QR codes that to offer up assistance and information for ground crews and airlines to deal with wheelchairs. But the fact that we're at that point where entrepreneurs need to step in to create QR codes to put on chairs to be like, please don't destroy my wheelchair, really goes to show that the airlines over and over and over again are willingly ignorant on this front. Hey, Sylvie, speaking of willing ignorance, let's talk about ableism <laughs> because the BC Human Rights Commission has introduced the hashtag rewrite the rules campaign to work against a lot of ableist perceptions. So give me the why the BC Human Rights Commissioner wanted to do this, why this was so important for them. Yeah. Pardon me. The BC Human Rights Commission suggests we all live by unwritten rules, which tell us how we should think or act. These rules are written down. Or, oh, sorry, these rules aren't written down or even spoken out loud. And we mostly follow them without ever really thinking about them. So what the Kasari Govinder, she's the human rights commissioner, says is that the unwritten rules about disability that we all live with, they add up to a system that favors the needs and experiences of able-bodied and neurotypical people in big and small ways. And these unwritten rules about disability ignore, dismiss, or discredit people with disabilities. So the importance lies in changing the rules, not the people which is the focus of the BC Human Rights Campaign, hashtag rewrite the rules. 
individuals living with disability choose many different ways to describe themselves, and these decisions represent important ways of thinking and talking about disability. How is the commission hoping to engage the public in this campaign? Yes, so I'm hoping there will be more awareness and conversations here. The Rewrite the Rules campaign is inviting people to unpack how these rules hold us all back and inspire action towards more inclusive communities. The campaign is intended to drive more conversations about ableism while encouraging self-reflection and exploration. So Rewrite the Rules puts emphasis on spaces, systems, and attitudes that create barriers for people with disabilities. They're inviting people to think about how buildings, information, equipment, schedules, and ways of doing things can be disabling. Where should people be going to learn more about the campaign? Obviously, just simply visiting the hashtag Rewrite the Rules is certainly one way, but where where else should they be going to learn about the campaign? Yeah, there's lots of great information. If people want to visit bchumanrights.ca forward slash rewrite the rules, it's right on their main page. And there's lots of information, really great information there for people to take in. Um, They have specific numbered rules that come up there that have been brought to light by several disability organizations that sort of developed and um, supported this campaign to get to the Human Rights Commission. And I think, you know, access is a human right. Communities need to be designed for everyone, including the built environment, education, employment, healthcare, transportation. And if we're all kind of moving in that direction of being more aware, um, we can write these rules together mm-hmm. or yeah. rewrite them. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I agree. The, when you're talking about pervasive attitudes about ableism, it's remarkable how that gets in the way of accessibility. It really does end up putting focus on barriers or what someone with a disability cannot do versus what they're being prevented from doing. So that's one of these things that makes this so, so interesting in the way we perceive the built environment, develop accessibility legislation. We were just talking to the parliamentary secretary for uh, for accessibility in BC about trying to create a mechanism to give feedback on what services can I not get access to as a person with disability? What is standing in the way? What are the barriers and how do attitudes and language end up impacting that? Sylvie, thank you for bringing us these two stories. We're really grateful. Have yourself a nice day. And again, stay safe out there with the storm coming your way. Thanks very much, Dave. Have a great day. That's Sylvie Fiquette, a content development specialist for AMI in Vancouver, BC. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.